Welcome to episode 234 of the FPL Surgery Podcast. We're recording, okay, so it's Thursday the 2nd of December, about half past eight here in the UK. First game's at half time. The Man United game has just started, so it's a really unusual time to be recording. However, there's another deadline on Saturday morning, so we wanted people to be able to listen to this on Friday, um, whether you're driving to work or whatever you're doing. It's just going to be me and a very special guest. So we've got Rich, Rich FPL. How's it going, Rich? Yeah, not too bad. Um, pretty, <clears throat> well, it feels like a bit of a grey arrow re- a week at the moment, but yeah, I'm all right, thanks. Yeah, but it's, it's hard to know. So this is going to be a weird pod. So yeah. there's a lot of players playing right now, FPL relevant players. Son and Kane are blanking at half time. You're on Kane, right? Yeah, I am Kane and Burmo in that game as well. Okay, okay, and I'm on I'm on Son. How is it going so far? You said you said it's a grey arrow week. Is it literally you haven't moved? Well, it's a very small green, about uh, about 300 places. So I'm about 135k at the moment. Um, but I've got yeah Ramsdale and Burmo Kane tonight, um, and then Reese James didn't play, so I get um, and Burmo to come in for him. So yeah, I kind of need. 3-1 to Spurs with a Kane hat-trick and an Embermo goal for Brentford, really. Okay. And a Ramsdale clean sheet. And then the complete opposite of that could happen as well. So you we, you could be on any <laughs> yeah. any arrow for people listening to this um, yeah. by the end of it all. It's very exciting. Yeah, even like a Son clean sheet point could um, turn a 300-place yeah. green into a, a red. Yuck, yuck. I've gone from 26k up to 17k, but this is like live live rank um 66 points i got pookie off the bench my transfer this week i did foden to gundogan and i don't know what's going on with gundogan now um i'm just waiting for pep's comments because i felt like because reese james was injured i needed to i couldn't just risk foden not playing which he didn't so i thought gundogan was a nice safe pick freed up a little bit of money and now he's in he's in trouble like i don't know what's going on there um so a bit of a nightmare transfer but i got pookie and livermento off the bench and unless Kane goes crazy or Tony goes crazy or Bremo goes crazy or Ramsdale, quite a lot of players, I think, <laughs> I think I'm going to have a small green at least. Um, but yeah, let, let's get straight into it. So it's going to be a sh- slightly, almost a shitely, it's going to be a slightly shorter episode um, than normal. But we're just going to cover a few few different things ahead of, ahead of the next game week deadline. Should we start with defenders? So I think what, what, what the plan is, we're going to, we've got some questions for later on, which people have asked. But I thought it'd be good if we went through each position and maybe look at players we're targeting, not necessarily just for this game week, but, you know, for the Christmas period. Because um, I think there's going to be a lot of decisions that we're going to have to make over the over the coming weeks. The game weeks are going to come fast. So I think we need to have a rough plan in place of, you know, players that we're going to be looking at. If we, we skip goalkeepers completely, unless you want to talk about goalkeepers. No. No, nope. uh, cool, I am cool. fine. Me neither. Me neither. Um, but yeah, so if we start with defenders... Um, now it might help if you just say maybe what defenders you've got at the moment, and then if we go into a couple of players you might consider over Christmas. Yeah. Okay. So I've got um, Trent, Cancelo, Liveramento, James, and then I've got Tyrick Mitchell at Crystal Palace, who was my he was my downgrade from Aspilaqueta as part of a mm-hmm. Kane move a couple of weeks ago, and um, since then Palace have lost um, Anderson, and they've not been as defensively resolute as they were previously, although Rafinha's 94th minute penalty did um, sort of like dampen that a little bit, although Mitchell was on my bench this week. So I've got those five, and the guys that I'm kind of interested in, um, I'm, I'm, I'm pondering Livramento to maybe Ben Johnson at West Ham. He's only £4 million, and they've got pretty decent fixtures from 16 to 21. It just depends if he keeps his spot because I know that Kufal's sort of waiting in the wings, but he played left back, I think, because Cresswell is injured at the moment. So that's one I've got an eye on if I need some I need a little bit of cash. Um I'm I've I've gonna keep an eye on Luke Shaw once Rangnick is uh in place and I wanna see obviously only want a couple of games to see how United are doing. Um and also there's a an Arsenal defender, Nuno Tavares. He's only 4.3 yeah. million, uh, but he's had like seven shots in the box and two big. He's created two big chances, I think, over the last six weeks. And he's playing again tonight. He's keeping Tierney out of the team, so I might, I might go there because um, I feel like if he can keep Tierney out of the team, then Arteta obviously thinks there's something there, and he's cheap enough that he could, yeah, he could do. He could be a good sort of budget enabler. Is that more because more because of price then? Because you're looking in like a certain budget. Because obviously Tierney's. When he's fit, he's he's quite a good player. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, I, I do like Tierney, but he can never stay fit for long enough. So I kind of feel like if... I mean, he's fit because, well, I'm assuming he's fit because he's on the bench tonight. So if Tavares is keeping him out a bit more long term, then I could quite happily have him as like a, a fourth or a fifth defender because I don't, I mean, Marcus Alonso, he didn't do very well last night. And I think mm. a lot of people were all about a Marcus Alonso this week. And, you know, they're right to be because he's such a great asset. But yeah, if I need to sort of shave a bit of money off, because I've got Kane up front, I'm a bit more restricted in my budget at the moment. Um, so, I, yeah, I wanted to see if I could find some players that are relatively low owned and relatively cheap as well. Because, you know, everyone's going to say Alonso, Cancelo, Diaz. So I was looking elsewhere. It's interesting because a few weeks ago I was looking at getting Tierney in. I mean, this was more than a few weeks ago, you know, before before he was injured. And there was a few articles by the, the local um, press, the local press for Arsenal. And they were mentioning they they were all they were calling for Tavares to play ahead of Tierney. It just worries me with those really cheap players going for someone you know who's a little bit of a rotation risk, even though he might not be, especially especially over Christmas. But then I've got a player written down who's who's just that as well. I've got Tyree Lamptey written down. Um, oh, yeah. yeah, he's been a player. You know, he's so fun to watch when he plays. But he was a big reason I had a bad. Well, he wasn't the only reason. He was one <laughs> of the reasons I had a bad year last year because I got my defenders completely wrong. I had ironically players like Reese James um, and Lamptey was annoying because he'd have reduced minutes a lot. Now we've seen the benefit of that a couple of times where he's been subbed off early and then the clean sheets wiped out, but it goes both ways. He also gets subbed on for these one pointers. Yeah. yeah. So he's like a budget Reese James because I remember people saying about how James would come on quite a lot, whereas Chilwell wouldn't. That's the thing. That's the thing. And it's like a double-edged sword. Because I remember like a few, when Robertson had his breakout season, Trent was Trent went a little bit under the radar and he was cheaper because his minutes weren't as locked in. He got subbed off a few times early, but then he did get subbed off. I remember a game at Spurs, Trent got subbed off and then Robertson and co lost, lost the clean sheet in the <laughs> 90th minute. But yeah, it's it's a risky game. It's a risky game. Just with Liveramento, is is he someone you've gone off a little bit then? Yeah, I think, and that I mean their fixtures aren't great over the festive period. Mm. And I mean he dropped in price recently, but he was getting to the point where I would have been able to do like a Liveramento to Tavares straight swap, for example. And so I'd made enough money on him that I was willing to sort of cash in. But it's a bit of a luxury transfer, to be honest. Um, there's a bit of uh, noise about him getting uh, rested now as well so it was just it was just it was just kind of looking outside the box because everyone's focus on them at the moment is like you know Chelsea I mean Andy Robertson all of a sudden two weeks in a row he's been doing quite well but he's a bit expensive and we can't so, get in four Liverpool players of course yeah well I mean with Henderson now as well I want five so it's tricky <laughs> um, but yeah, I was just having a look at sort of the cheaper ones outside of the box. Um, mm. And yeah, that's yeah, that's kind of where I cast my net, so to speak. Yeah, it's interesting because I was never really that high on Liveramento in the first place. Like, I've, mm. you know, I've never played him on purpose. And I, I kind of, I got him on my wild card because I could see he got to 4.2 and his price was going up. And I've learned in seasons past with things like Lundstrom, players like that, you ignore them and they, you know, they're annoying. Yeah. Um, but now he's come off my bench two weeks in a row for a combined total of one point, you know, so 0.5 <laughs> points per week um, he's come off the bench with. And he is someone I want to look at upgrading, but it just feels like a, a bit of a luxury transfer at the moment. Um, can we go back just to one of the premiums, say Alonso? Because mm. um, obviously you, you touched on him and it is concerning. I think there were some comments from Tuchel where he wasn't overly impressed with how he played. Yeah. It's just going to be a little bit of a nightmare because as an owner, I, I mean, I don't want to get rid of him. He's Alonso and, you know, he can he can go big any week. He, I'd much rather have, you know, Chilwell because Chilwell felt a lot safer in that team. Yeah, I think, I mean, Alonso is very, very explosive, but he's I think he's a bit of a liability as well. Um, and if Tuchel is coming out and saying that sort of thing, I mean, even in the press conference yesterday, he's, they, he mentioned, I mean, not quite, not sort of word for word, but they mentioned sort of looking at alternatives at that side, on that side as well, because he's not going to be able to play every sort of three days. Um, I mean, their fixtures, so they've got, they've got West Ham on the weekend. Yeah, West Ham on Saturday. And then they've got Leeds, Everton, Wolves, Villa, Brighton. And then they've got Liverpool City, Tottenham. And then they're off for two weeks because of the Club World Cup. So, I mean, if... 
I guess if somebody wants to pick up Alonso, they've got to do it sooner rather than later because the closer you get to that sort of like five-week period, you're not going to want many or any Chelsea because of their fixtures or lack no, of... That's a really good point, actually. That I, Maybe it's people who don't have him that have the harder decision then because I'd also feel a bit uncomfortable getting him in at the moment, even though I own him. You know, I'm very yeah. high on him because I've actually got the full quote here. Um he said, I don't know where he goes from this performance, but he was on a yellow card, but we had two options. Take Marcus off and try Saul as wing back. I thought maybe it was not the right match to try things with new positions. I mean, it sounds quite damning, as in, you know, yeah. he, would, he wanted to sub sub him off. I mean, may, maybe, you know, because that's only reading the quote. I haven't actually listened to it. So maybe it was more to do with the yellow card, which, you know, which he got, I think it was just before half time he picked up. And yeah. that was a lot that was a lot closer game than I think Tuchel probably anticipated as well. Yeah, um, Watford what for because I was watching that it was so good yesterday, by the way, with all the games on at once. And <laughs> I was watching that until there was the incident in the crowd, you know, I was just watching the Chelsea game and Watford looked very, very good. You know, it felt like they were targeting Alonso on that side. And then I went on Twitter this morning and there's like actual heat maps and stuff where yeah, it I showed, saw that. yeah, it shows they were targeting him. Um, but yeah, what Watford looked good. So I'm sure we're going to come on to Watford, probably not under defenders. I think that's going to yeah. be under, under, under strikers. Um, my final question for you on, on defenders before we move on, do you have a preference for, cause I know we've had a lot of discussions on this pod recently about, you know, big at the backs, you know, do you play four at the back, five at the back, three at the back? Do you have a strong feeling either way at the moment? So I am, I'm, I'm sort of I'm almost three and a half at the back at the moment. So I've got okay. um, Trent, James, Cancelo, and then I've got Livramento and Mitchell because I wanted Harry Kane. So if I'd gone the Son route, then I'd probably be a bit stronger at the back. But I'm I'm not against. I I, I wouldn't go as far as five. I think I could mm. probably upgrade Mitchell, say to maybe like a Diaz, just because I know he's boring and he's not going to score very often. But he's well recently until recently he's been pretty nailed yeah yeah you know yeah so like he's so that's somebody that i might i might look at and go double double city when everyone's on double chelsea um but i want to i kind of want to be a bit flexible with it just in case someone emerges especially with i mean we're going to talk about midfielders anyway in a minute but with um united all of a sudden under new management and um, somebody that likes Gegen pressing, they they might have a few midfield assets that we want to get to, which might mean we might have to save a bit of money at the back. Yeah, yeah, nice, nice. And uh, yeah, I guess if premiums come in, come in as well, you know, it might, because I actually like what you did um, or you're doing, but you know, with the three and a half at the back, um, as, as you called it, <laughs> I actually did like, a, I've had four at the back most of the season. It's not just been the big hitters. I mean, I was, I was looking at my, you know, past teams just now, and I was playing stuff like I was rotating. I had Trent and Shaw when we thought Shaw was good. And then I was just rotating <laughs> two of Cody, Webster and Eiling. So yeah. that, that enabled premiums to come in. So I think there's value in defenders no matter where. Um, but I'm still strongly on the premiums, e- even after, you know, a bit, a bit of a nightmare game week for them. Um, but yeah, let's move, let's move on to midfielders. I think they're, they're a bit more exciting. So sure thing. Over Christmas, are there certain because I think there's going to be certain midfielders like Rafinha. He's got maybe one more game, and then his fixtures really stiffen up. So people might be looking at getting rid of him. Obviously, people might have Gundogan, like me. And again, we don't we haven't had the press conferences yet. So you know, if you're listening on Friday, definitely worth checking out the press conferences. Um, but and we might be looking at Man, Man United players as well. So midfielders, who who would you be looking at over Christmas? So, yeah, I had a look at the Fantasy Football Hub fixture ticker and, um, I mean, we've just mentioned Man United, so I'll start with those, like Rashford and Sancho. They yeah. they kind of strike me as the type of players that will do well under the new manager. Um, they've got loads of energy, they press, they harass. Um, so, I mean, Sancho especially, having played in the Bundesliga, uh, Rangnick will know all about him. So he's someone that, I mean, I think he's starting tonight, so I think he's, he's someone that I want to keep an eye on. Um, I'm, ra- I, I, I'm a big fan of Marcus Rashford in general. <clears throat> Bruno, of course, but he's that bit more expensive. Um, so they're the United ones. I like the look of Jared Bowen at West Ham. They've got their fixtures get better from 16, and then they're quite good from 18. Um, 
And I think I read that only Mane, Jota and Salah have had more shots in the box since game week nine um, wow. than Jared so, Bowen. So, so Bowen's, Bowen's fourth, just behind yeah. Liverpool's. Yeah, yeah oh, since nice. game week nine. And he's also had four big chances in that time. Uh, he's got one goal and three assists. So if I, because I've got Antonio and if I decide that I don't want to keep him, I might then go to Bowen as my West Ham cover. So you, you wouldn't consider both though? I don't know if a double up's too much. Um, the fixtures are really nice, and they are. Yeah. yeah, we're only a couple of weeks away from, you know, when they scored, um, you know, multiple goals against against your team against Liverpool. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's that, you know, but it kind of that's kind of when it hit beaver pitch on West Ham, wasn't it? Yeah, you know, everyone wanted to get them in, and and even in that game, you know, Antonio did nothing. So it's, a, yeah, I mean. I've I looked into it a little bit and the, you know the the teams they've they've been playing against haven't been like three of them especially haven't been conceding a lot of shots on target at all so maybe it's a fixture to play but um, yeah I do like Jared Bowen and also I like the look of Corne at Burnley um, they've got reasonable fixtures but he's he looks like one of these guys that is either an elite finisher or he's over overperforming so I think he's had five shots four goals in that since that game week nine period and so I don't know if you're if you're buying him high and then he's going to let you down because he's not getting a lot of volume and it is it is Burnley and they're they're pretty middle of the table for their attacking stats sounds a little unsustainable um, from from those stats and I I believe he might be going to the African Cup of Nations as well Um, yeah probably so yeah I think he plays for the Ivory Coast so I think that's something that's put me off him but you know that's a little out, out of the box there shout you got there um i think with bowen he's one i'm you know i've had rafinha to bowen lined up in my mind for quite a long time yeah i guess the my only my only question to myself is you know if i would do the double up that we mentioned with antonio at the moment i think i probably would because the fixtures are so good um and like you say you know the teams they've just played we knew west ham are going to have bad fixtures and i think that's partly why they've not scored you know, as many, obviously, apart, apart from the Liverpool game. Antonio, without wanting to go too much onto strikers, he was quite unlucky yesterday. I mean, it was a scrappy goal, um, but it was disallowed because he was offside. Yeah. Um, Joe Cole wasn't, you know, too happy. And then the booking he got was just, you know, literally the dying seconds of the game. He's just, you know, fouled, basically a professional foul um, after the after the, um, after the the corner kick. Um, so, that I mean, that's just insult to injury as well for, for people who've held him. Um, the Man City midfielders, are there any that interest you? Because obviously I've, for example, just done Foden to Gundogan. Part of me still wants to get Foden back. Part yeah. of me still wants to keep Gundogan if he, if he's fit. I mean, obviously they got, looking really short term, they've got Watford, who they traditionally hammer. You know, I remember them scoring eight goals against them. Um, so do you have any preferences on the Man City midfielders? Well, I did have Foden myself, um, but I sold him for Jota because of the sort of like the rumours about him training individually and um, we'll see on the day and that's yeah. never good news. Well, that's and, worked out quite well for you, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. It sounds pretty, like a bit like a brag. Nice. Yeah. Took it for a, yeah, a minus four that actually paid <laughs> off for once, which was really nice. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Foden, like if, if he's playing centrally, he's ne- he's always in the conversation. Like when he's mm. out on the wing, he's a, bit, he's a bit less productive or appeared to be in the last couple of times. That, well, I think he... He blanked every time that I had him because he was out. He was he'd been shifted out to the left. Um, but yeah, I mean, Gundo interested me as well, um, just because of he, where with their other injuries, he's been the one that's been arriving in the box or just being sort of in and around, in and around it. Um, so yeah, he's someone that I've got. I kind of have a, half an eye on until he got ill. And then also Bernardo, I think he's difficult to ignore now because he's the cheapest of the three, and he just yeah. seems to keep popping up with returns he's an annoying one because i think we, we've been asked quite a lot of questions about bernardo um on the pod and keep saying no no you know prefer Foden, <laughs> prefer gundogan um and then obviously he scores that worldy goal but i mean it was his only shot so you know he's mm. not always putting up great stats i guess the good thing with with bernardo silver is he's, he's nailed in the team or a lot more than the others but i mean i think it was bad luck with gundogan for example this week because he surely would have played and i want to know more about what you know, what's going on because there was a There's few, a of, them few of them yeah yeah so it's a bit suspicious isn't it i mean it could be covid related that's just a 
you know, rumours, yeah, speculation. COVID, isn't it? Yeah, no, it does. And then, so just hopefully we get a clear answer um, for, for those of us that have Gundogan. And it's just annoying because I was, before this week, I was looking at, you know, I had Gundogan and Coachella. I was looking to get a third in, whether it's a striker. So that's obviously Jesus or, mm-hmm. you know, looking to get in a midfielder as well. But it's also quite short term to do that over Christmas with all these players now actually returning, as in returning from injury, that is. Yeah, I think that's the thing, isn't it? Like you've got Foden and Grealish. Well, Grealish, I would assume, will be back for Watford because he came on um, last night. I'm not really sure what's going on with De Bruyne, but he's, you know, he's due back at some point. Yeah, he Um, wasn't training. So when there was the press conference before this game week, so I assume that was losing track of time here, like Monday or Tuesday, it was a couple of days ago. He hadn't actually trained at that point. So that was another reason why I thought Gundogan was safe for the next two. Yeah. And, you know, there's all these stats, you know, Gundogan without KDB is like almost like premium quality when you start looking at his expected stats. Um, You know, he's really that good. And on penalties. Yeah. If Mahrez isn't on the pitch, I believe. Because <laughs> he, he grabbed the ball um, when they had a penalty the other day um, before it was overturned. Um, I think, yeah, it was when Sterling got fouled, they were given a penalty. Gundogan apparently had the ball and then VAR ruled it out. So, Reminds yeah, me when it... you got Alba last season, you got malaria. <laughs> that was the point. <laughs> you have to remind me of that just randomly. <laughs> yeah, I had triple, tri- triple Arsenal when no one had Arsenal players. Saka got injured. Tierney got injured, obviously. And yeah, Oba got um, malaria, which he recovered, although it's form doesn't look like it has <laughs> um, are there any other midfielders you want to chuck in there obviously we've mentioned getting rid of Rafinha it's a weird one isn't he because he's a, I feel like he's a season keeper but a season keeper that we're gonna sell if that may if that makes sense that's how it feels yeah, like he's, he's like a season keeper that I'm gonna just not keep for this brief period yeah. of time just it, but I think primarily it's because of um Jared Bowen at that price point um Gallagher, I think for me, is probably borderline too expensive for what he's like, depending on where he plays, because some of the time he'll sit deeper. Um, Smith Rowe is is potentially, you know, he's not going away. I think he scored tonight as well. Arsenal winning. Yeah. Um, the green arrow is not as big. but <laughs> No, yeah, sadly not. That is that is probably no longer a green arrow. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, the, the main ones for me, I, I want to have a look at United and see how they start playing um, Bowen. And then if I'm if I'm short or I need extra cash elsewhere, then maybe a short term punt on Cornet. But I'm not overly hopeful for too much with that sort of lack of volume. No, of course. Uh, just one other thing on the um, on Rafinha, actually, I was going to say, because Leeds have literally got from 16. They're the worst fixtures you could have. I think they've got three of the worst because it's Chelsea away, Man City away. Arsenal at home, which is the best of the four, and then Liverpool away. Yeah. It really is like, I feel like he would be a season keeper and you could look at doing some, you know, funky bench stuff with him, a bit like I'm doing with Antonio at the moment. But when they're that bad, I think, yeah, going to Bowen and then moving, you know, maybe moving moving straight back in the new year, I guess I guess we'll see. Um, but yeah, let's let's move on to forwards um, because I feel like after this game week, the, the forwards still aren't performing. I mean, obviously, the the start of the game, we had um, Wilson scored a penalty, then Pukki scored a, a volley. There hasn't been, you know, that, that much from the strikers outside of that so far. Obviously, there's a few popular strikers playing tonight, but, you know, you had Jimenez, who's had great games or great fixtures. Um, you know, he, he's blanked again. Um, Vardy missed a, you know, a bit, it was a sitter, really. Um, managed to look like he was taking a point after attempt in the NFL. Um <laughs> I mean, are there any strikers you're you're looking at at the moment? Which three strikers do you have at the moment, actually? If we start with that, so I've got I've got Kane, Antonio, and Armstrong, and I went Armstrong over Tony on wildcard because he had really good like underlying numbers, and my plan was to sort of use Armstrong for a few games and then move him to Tony, but it went just horrendously wrong because uh, Armstrong got dropped and Tony just inexplicably was rising in price despite doing nothing. He was yeah. just he was going up, and then I couldn't afford him, so I've still got Armstrong and never got to Tony. Um, and I I sent our tweet um, at the start of this week, basically about the fact that 
he'd managed to get a couple of big chances at Liverpool. Leicester are top for ch- big chances conceded recently. I'm going to give him another bash and just keep him. And then it was Che Adams doing the damage last night. Um, he was a bit, he created a couple of chances, Armstrong. But yeah, it's just there's just not not a lot out there um, at striker for me at the moment. It's pretty disappointing. Yeah, you you got unlucky with the week um, that you wildcarded, I think, because if I'd wildcarded a week earlier, I'd have done the same because I think Ward Prowse was suspended at the time after his red card. So we assumed that Armstrong would be on penalties and he looked, he looked nailed at the time with like an amazing, like you looked at the fixture ticker and it was like green. You know, it looked like a really, really good run. So I do feel like, yeah, Armstrong owners have got unlucky there. With the price changes, you mentioned obviously Tony rising, with, you know, without much reason. And Wemo sort of did similar. Actually, I don't think he rose as much. We've sort of seen it with Kane and Son, where yeah. these players aren't doing anything, but they're rising in price because I think maybe people are more engaged and they're looking a lot more at the fixtures. Because it used to be, like years ago, it was just whoever scored went up in price. You know, if yeah. some random goalkeeper scored, you know, they're, they're double or triple rise because suddenly you've got this goal scoring, you know, keeper. Um, and <laughs> but um, yeah. So with with the strikers, um, who are you looking at bringing in? I mean, are you keeping? So we actually had a question. We had quite a lot of questions about Antonio. I think this would be a good time to to reel those in. So we had one from Ryan. What to do with this fraud? And then he's put a, a <laughs> gif, gif of Antonio. Um, I mean, are you looking to keep Antonio? I mean, I'm 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 torn just because. Like the, I think we said this earlier. Like the fixtures have been pretty bad for them, mm. so the the fixtures that are coming up are much better. But they're they're very very quick. Like there's every three days. I think there's he he plays on Boxing Day and then on the 28th. So he's not. It's going to be impossible for him to play 90 in all of these games. So then it's a question of is he going to be able to return in the reduced minutes in these games, um, and to be fair, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm not sure what to do because I've got Armstrong. That is an easy enough shift for me to go to one of the Watford boys if I want to do that. So that's fine. Yeah. Um, but I almost feel like I've kept Antonio long enough now that I, I should just persist and just, just see it through to these good fixtures and see what happens. It's kind of how I feel because basically I, I made a. You know, I'm, I'm having a few good game weeks in a row, but I made a big mistake. I should have sold. I had a choice. Um, when I got Jota in with my two free transfers, I had a choice. I had to either downgrade Antonio or Tony. Tony had the better fixtures. Tony's also on penalties. But I decided to persist with Antonio because I looked at the two million extra I'd have in the bank. And I think I was a bit at the time I looked at my team. I was really happy with my team. And I was like, I'm not going to, have to spend this two million. So I might as well keep Antonio for the good fixtures. And obviously that's that cost me. I was looking at it earlier. I mean, over the last two weeks, obviously not including the Spurs game because we don't know what's happened there. It's cost me about 10 points. Yeah. And I'm looking at the fixtures this week and I want someone like, I actually really want Tony. And I've got Antonio. I've got a pick between Antonio or Pukki, which one to start. You know, Pukki away to Spurs, Antonio at home to Chelsea. Yeah. You know, they're both a bit meh. I'm kind of leaning towards Pukki because he's, you know, he's got, he's got penalties. Um, and it's, it's funny because you look at all these other strikers, you know, we've got Tony, he's on penalties and cheap. We've got Pookie, he's on penalties and cheap. And King, <laughs> we think he's on penalties and cheap. You know, he did score a penalty the other day. It's like you're paying a little bit more for Antonio and don't get penalties. And I know there's not been that many, but with these, like, because strikers are so bad, it almost feels like that's quite a lot of the points. Um, that these players are getting it's like you a know, big jam- tick in the box isn't it yeah it's massive because you can just get you know like when we had tony the other week he didn't have a single shot apart from the penalty nine points um yeah you know, wilson. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah wilson exactly nine points and then pookie has had a couple of penalties and he's only got eight points for some reason um <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah we've had it with king as well um but like you say is it is it sunk cost fallacy because are we looking at keeping Antonio just because we've held him through all the crap and we hope he comes good. Could be. I mean, I, as part of my Kane move, I sold Jamie Vardy because I got Jamie Vardy in when Lukaku got injured. And I was like, I'm going to ride Jamie Vardy and his uh, weekly returns until, (laughs) until I'm ready to get Harry Kane. And then I get Harry Kane and Jamie Vardy doesn't do anything initially. So I'm like, oh, that's good. That's good. And then Harry Kane has a snow day and Vardy gets a brace and I'm just back back in the mud. So, um, 
yeah i i'm a, maybe a part of me is like well the minute i said antonio he'll start scoring again and that's but that's the wrong way to play it so i don't know it is well what's funny is about the way the thing you just described where you did you know you did vardy to kane and you've obviously missed out on points but you also end up losing that transfer as well and i yeah. sort of like i guess if we transfer antonio out you know because of rage and then the fixtures turn he's still quite highly owned um you know he's not he's not a low owned player so you could transfer him out you could get the decision wrong and use a transfer and then want to get him back i mean i haven't got any value tied up in him because i got rid of him and i bought him back on wildcard and i thought at the time it was a genius move you know he scored straight away i was like oh i got back on antonio at the right time and then these i've been so stubborn with him and these blanks just they all start adding up and you you look at a player and you're like this is like Someone said earlier, like if you cover up his first three games, look at his points, and then cover up the first three games, you would not own this player. No, it's true. Um, but yeah, I, true. I guess the value of transfer though is is one thing. So are you just going to be holding him, Antonio? I don't know. Just because, I mean, I. like he's. I mean, I look at I look at so like he creates stuff as well. He creates chances as well. So yep. much like um, Dennis at Watford, he's a bit dual threat when he's playing well in that he can do both yeah i re- honestly i don't know i don't know what to do because those fixtures and i'm i'm primarily i i like to play the fixtures anyway yeah so so yeah i mean i'll probably end up keeping him but if it gets to sort of like past norwich and he's not doing anything then maybe i will just have to just cut my losses but yeah it's tr- it is i'm really torn on it to be honest one one player that that might tempt me is jesus because obviously you got antonio's at eight and then Jesus is at eight point. He's only at eight point seven. And then you've got a Man City player, and I know neither of them are on penalties, but it's not that much more money. It's a differential playing for like the, one of the most, ex- probably the most explosive team in the league. Well, maybe behind Liverpool. So I mean that kind of that kind of tempts me, but it doesn't feel sensible. It feels more like I'm I'm booking a transfer. Like I can't see me, you know, you get Jesus in, and then you just ride into the end of the season. Like it feels yeah. like I'm using a transfer this week. Then I'm booking in another transfer. It kind of ruins my structure a bit as well because I've got money in the bank and I'll be I'll be using that on maybe a player that's not better than Antonio. It's yeah, we sound really indecisive about this. Um, I, I can <laughs> yeah. see why. But should we talk? I mean, first of all, actually, what do you think of Jesus? You because obviously I've got you on camera. You didn't look like excited about it. You pulled a little face. Well, initially, <laughs> my my initially I was going to say the problem with Jesus is that he gets rotated, but. In all honesty, he might play the same amount of minutes roughly as Antonio does over Christmas because Antonio is probably going to get 60, 70 um, a game. Say he'll probably start every game, um, whereas Jesus might get sort of 90 and then like 35 and then 90. Do, do you know what I mean? So it might, yeah, be, it might be pretty equal. And do you know what? That was my first thought. And then I looked at his minutes and it's actually like he seems to either be playing 90 or nothing. And there's been this weird trend until recently where Mares has obviously played a couple of games, but Mares wasn't playing in the league. Mares was just playing in the Champions League. Yeah. Maybe now there's not Champions League. This changes over Christmas because um, obviously Jesus has been playing on the on the right. So I I I mean the the lowest he's had. So game week one he had 20 minutes. Outside of that he's had a 60 minute and a 66 minute, and then the rest are basically zero or like 86 or more. Right. Okay. So he's not really camera. He's not getting those annoying little cameos, like one or two minutes. And I, Pep doesn't seem to be doing that many substitutions um, within the games, let alone late ones. You know, there's been games where he just hasn't done hasn't done any. Um, but another problem with this is that I probably don't have the bench for it because I've still got Keenan Davis. So <laughs> yeah, you'd need a strong bench to be carrying Gundogan and Jesus, for example. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. I think that's the thing. And that's the thing. I think we had a question, didn't we, on about the, the midfielders of Man City. And it's just like, if you've got the bench for it, there's absolutely no problem. And I think going back to mm. like my game week eight wildcard, I I opted for Aspilicueta because Rudiger was injured. And I saw a lot of people not just having like Reese James and Chilwell, for example, they were gambling on it, but they had Phil Foden as well. And that's just for me. I was like, no, I'm too boring. I want the nailed players. And then all three of those players went absolutely mental within about two weeks of me wildcarding. And yeah. like my rank just dropped like an absolute stone because, you know, I either, it depends which way you look at it, but I didn't want to take the risk. And, you know, maybe maybe that means I'm a pussy or whatever. But it's like, <laughs> I, on the flip side of that, I remember last year when we were both on Chilwell and James and they were just getting rotated willy-nilly. Yeah, it, it, can, it can go both ways because... 
just going to this is going to sound like a random segue but i got in jota three weeks ago for example but in getting jota in so while he's scored for me every, every single week and it's been brilliant he he was a reason i got rid of tony and obviously with all these subs coming in i would have had tony coming in with points instead of having like livermento coming in with no points so there is something to be said you know having a, a good squad and not too many of these gamble picks because i do have quite a few rotation risks within my team so i can have good weeks but then when my subs come in and i know i've just had pookie come in with a goal for like the second week running um but it could have been better as in the last two weeks i've had livermento as that second sub and it's actually why I'm looking at. So this is a nice segue into Watford. So we had a question from FPL Heisenberg and he wants an unbiased dive into King versus Dennis, please. Um, I think for me, it's quite straightforward. But do, do you want to go first on this one? So, I, yeah, I mean, um, I had a bit of a look at this um, after work and I've tried to be as unbiased as I could. So but I've why taken did you have bias. You don't support Watford. <laughs> no, that's true. Yeah, that's, I mean, I, I, I probably have, I have got a favourite, but I wanted to go okay. and look at, I wanted to go and look at it and try, yeah, try and give a balanced view. But I looked from game week ten because in game week nine they just mauled Everton, and that was, um, that seemed to inflate some of the stats for Dennis, um, because I think he came off the bench and got a double digit haul. So, um, for King, I just made a note that he's played centrally, he's probably on penalties, and he's, like, he's been underperforming in the last five weeks. When you look at um, expected FPL points, so his expected FPL points are 28.2 and he's only got 17 points FPL points. So he's underperforming, whereas um, Dennis is overperforming. He's had 30 FPL, FPL points since game week 10 from an expected FPL points of 18.8. Mm-hmm. Um, going back to King, only Salah has had more shots in the box in that last five weeks and only Jota has had more big chances in that period uh, King is also top for penalty box touches of all forwards since game week 10 um, and he as he seems to be more likely to pay the, play the full 90 um, and then in, all, in, over, in overall players only Salah and Mane have had more penalty box touches than Josh King um, Dennis, three of his four shots um, for three, three goals from four shots um, you can look at that either way. You can either look at that as he's a clinical striker or that he's just, he's full of confidence. Um, Maxwell Corne of yeah, yeah, uh, exactly. strikers. And like a lot of his goals are from low XG chances as well. So last night, I don't know if you, I think you said you watched the Watford game. His goal, has he played for that nutmeg on Rudiger into the bottom corner or is it just taken a lucky deflection and beaten Mendy? I don't, I don't know. Like, I feel like he's maybe, he's trying things he wouldn't normally try because he's confident Mm-hmm. Um, but one thing about Dennis is that he's more creative. So he's got three assists in the same sort of time frame since um, since game week 10, albeit one was a, you know, a fantasy assist or class of fantasy assist. And he's four for penalty box touches in since game week 10. Um, one of the negatives I see about Dennis is that he's he's probably off to the African Cup of Nations. But mm-hmm. I don't I don't if you if Dennis is the one you like, I don't have, I don't really see an issue with maybe just picking him up and then maybe going to somebody like a Pookie. Just just it's, moving him on. Isn't it weird we're talking about, like, at the start of the season, we no one would have been talking about Watford and Norwich strikers. <laughs> I just just when you said that, I was just like, oh, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, it's I, crazy. So would it, be, would it be King for you? Or Because it's not I'm, much price in it at the moment. Yeah, I am probably leaning Josh King um, just because I feel like he's slightly more nailed. He's probably on penalties. I prefer to go for underperforming or players that look like they're about to sort of catch fire rather than ones that are over overperforming and are probably going to receive, like not receive, but you know what I mean, revert back to me. Yeah. And plus, I guess with Josh King, I know he had like a not a very good spell at Everton, um, but, you know, he's proven in the Premier League. You know, when he was at Bournemouth, he was a bit of a, a bit of a, le- you know, fancy legend. So, yeah. we, you know, he's it, we've seen him do it before and he was doing it consistently. I know it was a few years ago now. Um, so I'm, I'm glad you had those stats, because for me, I've I'm looking at, you know, I want to upgrade Keenan Davis. And mm. for me, King just seems like such a bargain, you know, a 5.7. And I think it's a bit of a no brainer for me. Like, you know, people who got Dennis at like five or you know, 5.1, 5.2. I can understand why they want to hold him. You know, he's out outperforming 
everyone at the moment, isn't he? You know, p- points wise, like Pukki's had a good run, good run where he scored three and four, but you know, points wise, he can't match up with Dennis. Um, but for me, I just feel a lot safer with King. Obviously, the Afcon as well that play, that plays into it as well. But I think even without that, even without that, I'd want to go for King. I also looked at um, you know a lot of the stats you've just mentioned. Um, but even if you go on like Mikhail Tokram's algorithm, for example, he's got King top, I think top for value for strikers. FPL review has got King outscoring Dennis. I mean, quite, quite considerably, to be honest, obviously he's got higher expected minutes. Um, yeah. So a lot of the, you know, the algorithms seem, seem to back up what you're saying there as well. Um, I mean, I'd have no problem if you only had four, 5.4 million and you wanted to upgrade your bench. Yeah, I could. I could get that, but I think for me, King, he's a bit of a no-brainer, and I even think I prefer him to after this game. I think I prefer him to Pookie. Yeah, yeah, that's slightly less as well. I mean, it's only point one less, but he's just got better fixtures. Yeah, that's. I think that's. I think that's what. That's partially why people started looking anyway, because you start off with your fixtures and then you think, right, okay, he's doing well. But even in tough fixtures like Watford, have been doing quite well since Ranieri's come in, and so. Yeah, like you say, that both of them are great options. But I, yeah, I, I prefer King personally. But I've tried to be as balanced and non-biased as possible in that um, that little review for Wes. So. Yeah, awesome. And we had a question C and G. We might have already covered it, but Pookie or Dennis? Actually, that's quite an interesting question, really, because we like King over Dennis. Would you rather have Pookie or Dennis? Um. So I would probably I. You know what? I'd probably go Dennis and then Pookie when he goes to AFCON because I would predict that Dennis keeps rising in price with the fixtures. Um, more and more people will start to catch on. And yeah. so by then you might be able to get very close to a Pookie when he goes off to the African Cup of Nations. See, I'm, I'm quite biased here because I'd rather yeah, have you love Pookie. Pookie. Yeah, even though I always, you know, I bench him a lot. Like, um, but luckily he always seems to seems to come on. Um, but I, th- I think it's again. Uh, it seems like every week I talk about penalties, and then there's hardly any penalties. But you know, he's he's a nailed-on talisman for his team. You know, that's on that's on penalties. If anyone's going to score for Norwich, it's probably going to be Pookie. And you know what a goal that was. So I'd prefer him. I prefer these. You know, the main man. Maybe Tony's not as much of a main man as someone like Pookie is, or someone like Josh King is. So yeah, I think I'd go Pookie. But I, you know, I am very, very, very biased. Um, <laughs> So we had a question from Sleepy Jedi. We kind of covered it. If we just give a give an answer. Um, so Gallagher, Smithrow, Corne and Saka or any options in this price bracket do address. Thanks. So in that price bracket, who's your favourite one? Prob- probably Smithrow. Um, Saka and Smithrow's stats, but underlying numbers are pretty similar. But Smithrow seems to be the one that keeps producing. He's like he scored tonight at Man United. Um and Son has scored for Spurs, apparently. Um, so I would probably say Smith Rowe. Yeah, I'd go Smith Rowe. Yeah, it's, it's an odd one because I think that price bracket, like a few weeks ago, I'd, or even like a couple of weeks ago, I'd have said Rafinha. Now yeah. it feels a little bit barren. I, I, I don't like Gallagher. I don't hate him, but he's never really appealed to me. Um, Smith Rowe, again, maybe I just don't like these you know, box-to-box or number 10s. I <laughs> Maybe it's because there's so many, you know. But then, then again, I've got Gundogan, so yeah. And I mean, Saka, Saka generally plays further forward, but like he was on, he's on the bench tonight, and so it seems like Smith Rowe is. I mean, he's been given, you know, a new contract. He's number ten. He seems pretty. He seems more nailed than most Arsenal assets. And I mean, I had the chance to go for him on wildcard at five point three million, and I went Saka because he played further forward. And he was just like electric. Like I love Bukayo mm. Saka. I think he's such a good player. And um, Tom, who got the assist, was um, trying to sort of console me a couple of weeks ago with the fact that their underlying numbers have been very, very similar, and that Smith Rowe's just been fortunate in his um, sort of like returns. But it still hurts. Like I think may- maybe uh, maybe I'm not that keen because they play for Arsenal. And yeah. I, I think if I'd gone for one, I would have gone for Saka. I think I've just been burnt a lot by Arsenal in the past. And I know this shouldn't come into our field decisions. And I mean, you've just mentioned, obviously, earlier that Aubameyang had malaria when I had three of them. You know, I've just not <laughs> had good luck with Arsenal. Um, and I know it's like a new, it's a, it's a different Arsenal. Um, but yeah, but even even still. So, I mean, if, if I had to pick one, 
I'd probably go Smith Rowe just because I can't see many other options. Um, I think that's, that's it sounds like a really lame reason. I, I honestly, if I was you, I would have gone for Saka, you know, at the time of wildcard. And I think you have been have been a little unlucky. Um, but I mean, that's that's FPL, and he's he's always been a frustrating FPL asset, yeah. Saka. I, mem- I remember I owned him when he was 4.5 million, and I didn't even know who he was. He just got added to the game after about four or five weeks because he scored in Europe. And, you know, I owned him then. And he he's, he's always been a little bit frustrating. But, I mean, I think that with the midfielders, I almost think that we need to look a little bit at the more expensive ones now. Um, yeah. You know, just bump it up, you know, to the Gundawans, the Fodens, um, et cetera. But I think that's brilliant. Thank you, everyone, um, for all your questions. Now, we want to make this a quick one so people can listen on on, you know, on Friday on the way to work. So should we just quickly run through our captains and our transfers? Um, sure. Do we even need to have the captain debate? I mean, I've just wrote down Captain Salah. And like, I know yeah. that it's Wolves and I know that Harry Kane has Norwich, um, but Norwich have conceded like one big chance in the last sort of three weeks or something. They're, they're basically level with Man City for, you know, like the underlying numbers in terms of defensive numbers conceded. And so I don't think it's as easy a game as people let on so I don't think I'm going to captain Harry Kane I think I'm just going to leave it on Mo Salah yeah yeah I mean exactly the same for me I mean I don't have Kane anyway but yeah I'm not even going to think about it Salah seems like easy captain I was finding it boring at first but it just takes one more thing out of the game and you can still enjoy it there's always still a few people that don't have Salah captain especially in like my mini leagues so maybe people listening don't care about overall rank as in they just want to win their mini leagues and Based on a lot of my mini leagues, there's people captaining all sorts of players and it's very hard. I can't think of an occasion someone's done a captain that's dramatically outscored Salah. Like you normally see a few, don't you? But because Salah's yeah. just ticking along, I mean, even people who captain Havertz and you got like one point more than Salah a couple of weeks, that's not gonna that's not gonna win you your mini league, is it? But um yeah, so we're both captaining Salah. Do you know what your transfer is gonna be? Um I'm I'm tempted by Armstrong to King. Um, it's mm. a week early because I know they're playing Man City, um, but I need to use one. I've got two, and I have to use one else. I'll end up burning, so it might I might just go a week early um, because I can't really see a lot else that I want to do at the moment. So yeah, I might just go a week, a week early on one. Nice, nice. Um, I, I think I'm indecisive as you. So the last two weeks, I've said I'm going to roll my transfer. And because of the Chilwell injury, because of the phone injury, I've ended up using them quite last minute. Obviously, we've got a lot less time um, to think about what we want to do. I've been considering, honestly, so many options. Um, I've looked at, as we've already mentioned, I've looked at Antonio to Jesus. I've got the money to do Davis up to King. So a bit like you, it'd be a week early, but I'd have an extra sub. So while I wouldn't really want him to come on, because I'm a little bit worried, you know, I've got I've got obviously James, he could not play. Alonso yeah. should play, but again, I can't be sure. Gundogan, I can't be sure. It's just yeah, it feels like maybe I need to pad that bench out a little bit. But the the downside is I'd rather have two transfers next week because if I do Davis to to King, and then I want to do something a little bit more dramatic, you know, I'm blocked out. I can't do it. Yeah. Um, so there's, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be weighing up if I should roll or if I should strengthen my bench. The third option is to do something like Antonio to Jesus or even Antonio to Tony, because I'm actually a bit terrified. I know Tony's stats don't look great, but he's he's quite highly owned. You know, he's, he's got a good fixture and I'm a little bit worried not having him for some reason. I mean, it's a way to lead. It's not amazing, um, but I'd still be a little bit nervous without any Brentford. So long story short, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> do any of those appeal to you if you were me? So I I mean, I can't. Yeah, I do like the Tony one, if I'm honest. But then I don't know if you're going to want um, Antonio back in like two or would. three weeks. I probably would. Because I, I already sort of want Foden back who I removed last week. Yeah. So, mm. yeah, it is tricky. I mean, before uh, the Villa game, I was looking at d- d- uh, downgrading Douglas Louise to Brownhill just to save like a tiny bit of money because I need to use a transfer. And then he played quite advanced to Villa and got the assist. So that's out the window. So, yeah, I think it is really tricky, especially if you want to for next week. It's really tricky to just think of one move that you can do this week that doesn't 
dramatically impact your future plans like with budget or or whatever do you know something i thought of um i was speaking to praz on twitter praz was he was a guest a couple of weeks ago on the pod um and he was saying because he i think he's got two transfers and he didn't have anything he could do or potentially didn't have anything he could do and he mentioned maybe he could do i could be completely getting misquoting him here but he mentioned maybe he could do like brown hill to gilmore but that then got me thinking so i'm not ben krellin but obviously Burnley and Spurs are going to get a double game week. We think, you know, in a, in a early 2022. Yeah. Um, so maybe you could look at bringing in, like, say you wanted you if someone didn't know how to use the transfer, you could look at moving Livramento to, you know, a Burnley defender. You yeah. could look at moving like a non-playing midfielder to, you know, to to Brownhill. I mean, whether or not you'll use them in a double game week, I don't know. But I guess that would give you potentially an extra fixture down the line. Um, yeah, I mean, that could even bring on somebody like Chris Wood onto the table. Um, hmm. But yeah, yeah, it's um, I think I think the earliest is probably game week 21 and that's subject to League Cup results and things. So we've yeah. got a little bit of time. Yeah, probably about. don't need to think about it too much. I was just thinking, you know, if you really don't know what to do, you yeah. could do, you know, a really crappy fringe player just to get a Burnley one in or Eric Dyer. <laughs> you know anything like that um and maybe in a few weeks time you'll be like yes i'm glad i brought brown in or louton in but yeah let's um no rich that's been awesome um thanks so much for coming on and i should mention as well obviously you do articles for fantasy football hub and if anyone wants to join fantasy football hub you can get the link in the description um rich do you want to plug anything or Go for uh, it. <laughs> I'm on Twitter at richp underscore fpl. Like uh, like Rich, like Flappy said, I yeah I write Fancy Football Hub. Um, I've got a team called the it's a crap name, but using FPL points as a metric, um, and that's doing well. That was at about 40k the last time I checked. Um, so yeah, if you want to chat to me, I'm on Twitter. Yeah. Does it annoy you that the I know you're doing very well. You're like at 120k, but your points per metric team's doing better. Yeah, it beat me last season as well. So I think, yeah, so I, so I think I think I'm just going to have to just take it on full time and be like, this is what I do now. Um, I was going to say you could be yeah. like like with Mikhail Tokvam. He's obviously got a very successful Patreon, um, doing you know all his things. You know, he's always like his rank at the moment is insane. He's he's got Pookie and Tony up front, um, and I can't remember his rank like 10k. So you could do this. You could like try and rival Mikel with your points per metric team. I would, I would love that, but um, yeah, it's still subject to user error. So I had an opportunity to get get Jamie Vardy in last week. I went for Chris Wood, and he uh, he had a snow day, and Vardy got a brace. So yeah, still subject oh. to user error this one. I'm sure even the algorithm can't can't predict snow. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, th- th- thanks a lot, Rich. Um, um we will be back. We're gonna, basically we're going to not be just doing regular pods on a Monday. Um, they're going to be a little bit all over the place you know what and we're just going to have different guests on every week try and be a bit shorter i realize we're still nearly pushing an hour um but i guess we just had a lot to talk about so thanks again rich and you've just got one more thing to say up the pod up the pod Son actually scored. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna have to edit this bit out. One second. Is he actually? Yeah. Regulon got the assist. She sounds upset. Um, hold up. <laughs> it's because, and if you're recording, if you're editing this out, that's fine. It's because my mate who is trying to beat me this year has both Son and Smith Rowe. Oh God. Oh, he has as well. I'm in mourning.